Welcome back to the Charles Ogan Experience. Welcome back. Welcome what a great podcast all. last week. Yeah. You know what? I actually looked at the charts, and I need, still need to send you this charts uh, stats. We actually had, it was 100, I don't know what it was for last week, but the previous week, there was like 170 downloads, 169 downloads. All to completion. Mad. Everyone watched, everyone listened to the entire thing. Fucking losers. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Do something else with your life, man. No, I'm getting pretty good feedback. People are yeah. enjoying it. We're putting out good information. Nice. We're, not, we're not lying yeah, to yeah. the fans. No, no, not yet. Not yet. No, we did lie, actually. We said about the uh, nipples, but nipples are formed before the fetus chooses its gender. Oh, yeah, that was a question but, from last week. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. We got yeah. that wrong. Sorry, yeah, Joe Rogan. We did. Joe Rogan. So we had a PB on your bench today. Mm-hmm. Mark McQueen wanted to know if you did 175, 175 for five. We actually cleared that. 180 for five. Mm-hmm. That's a big gain. That's a fact. That's a big... <laughs> that is a fact. That is a That's fact. our fact. It's our truth. That's huge. <laughs> huge. Yeah, we actually we PB'd from, we're not going to lie. We're going to start lying. 110. Yeah. 110. Okay, yeah, we did 110. It's PB from like, 180. <laughs> Let's say 120. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, I was having a a think during this week and I was like, you know what? I'm a little bit injured, hurt my back. It's fine. It'll be fine. But you know what? I actually, I I still went to training and I was watching some, uh, watching people train. I think, you know, I think there's, there's merits in that to, if you're injured, just go to fucking training anyway. Go and watch. You're going to be there. You're going to see your friends. You can watch rounds. Yeah. Do you think people, watching people do rounds is, is going to help your jiu-jitsu in any, in any way? Not if they're shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're better, you're better, you're, honestly, you're better off just watching YouTube instructionals and stuff. And do you watch, think so? Yeah, just watch Back to where Watch we Gordon competing or whatever. You pick something up 100%. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, yeah, watch the little guys if you can if you can be bothered to slow it down and stuff. Mikey Mishoshi. What's his uh, name? Musumechi. Musumechi. <laughs> Pizza and friends. Yeah. yeah. He loves it. You know, <laughs> go on. Oh yeah, just yeah, probably better not to watch the, the white belts unless it's just for raw entertainment. No, it's a competition class. I'm watching white belts. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so not, yeah. not watching news. Yeah. And yeah, you've got to be careful. You're not just watching like, ex- like explosions. Of <laughs> no, I'd go and watch specific people who I'm like, okay, like I like their game. I would like to yeah, make yeah. their game. How do they yeah, get past good. guards? How do they get to, what, what do they do on mount? How yeah. do they get to mount? How or even what, what you would do in that situation. That's yeah, what I yeah. do. Or you can just, okay. I mean, if you don't want to be an arsehole, you can maybe just like keep your comments to yourselves. But because I'm supposed to be the coach, I can just shout out instructions and it helps me learn. You know, yeah, yeah. You know. Did you find that you got a lot better at jiu-jitsu when you started coaching it? Yeah, teaching privates. Yeah. Teaching privates, because then you can't BS. You've got someone ask you a question. If you beat, like, you can BS, obviously, but that's like a cheap way of going about it. I'd rather just, if you don't know something, you can be honest about it, or you can go and do some study and then teach it, or be honest that you can't teach certain things to people. Yeah. Like, people ask me for key privates. No Even if else. I would... Even if I... I asked you to forgive privately. Yeah, exactly. I you, just, said, you said you'd rather die. I, I said I'd rather play football. I think that was my response. I'd rather play football. And yeah, I don't want to just lie to you. Like, I could teach you, like, white blue belt moves, but there won't be any nuance. It'll be... Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. just be... Yeah, That's a good point, because you like, say, like, when I started S&C coaching... I guess when I, when I focus more on like coaching people on the deadlift, my deadlift will just get better. Like you just mm. need to keep, as long as you're, you're finding your technique as well, like yeah. you're actually, 
I guess this is what separates good coaches from average coaches. You are watching jiu-jitsu all the time. I yeah. imagine you're just constantly thinking about jiu-jitsu. So when you go and coach jiu-jitsu, you always have new topics to teach. Not only that, you're always yeah. refining different moves and different ways yeah, to yeah. do things. Yeah, that's true, actually. I almost feel bad refining moves because it's like, well, we did this a while ago and it was slightly different, so why should I listen to you now? But <laughs> Yeah, but you do it better game, now. The game's evolving. <laughs> Even when we first started doing heel hooks like two years ago versus how we do them now and the finishing yeah, yeah. mechanics, it's like it's not completely different, but they're definitely Pretty diff different. There are different ways to yeah, yeah. than what we started with. There's certain rules that I thought were unbreakable that have uh, basically gone out the window. <laughs> You're a fraud. Yeah, just, <laughs> just a liar. Yeah. Not even me. Just fake videos on Insta. Yeah, I guess because the game is evolving so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, also just new information, new defenses. Basically, you've got to do things better or like more efficient. You can cut out slack. People come up with new shit that ruins. We spoke about this last time. People cut, like, come up with new shit that ruins whole, whole techniques and paths that you try. So, yeah. Yeah, just you've got to keep refining. Hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it, we can actually lead that on to your question. So like leg locks against negative guys, uh, wrestling up, not, not an option. How do you deal with that? Uh, so yeah, that's a pretty tough question. Like I would say if re wrestling up should be an option let, all let, the time. Let's just give a bit of context for people who don't know what leg lock negative means. What, what, what so it, yeah, okay, yeah. So negative guys, basically like, I'm, either that could be on their knees and they like, so negative basically means you're making grips just to, just to stop the other person from getting grips. Or you're just completely denying grips by staying outside of their range. Like you're just disengaging, not, not touching them. Right. So at that point, you're barely even having a match. You're just, you're just running away. But if, if they're doing that, so just aggressively butt scooting forward if you're not going to wrestle them uh, is good if they're standing. But obviously, it comes with risk. Like as you go forward, you know, you're posting your hands on the mat to go forward. They can circle easier. And then if they're on their knees, I guess the the more aggressive you are, the easier it is for them to like dive on a body lock or like dive around you really fast. Yeah. But then they're actually engaging and that tends to be when they get, when they get submitted. So yeah. uh, like probably the answer people want to hear, I reckon is like, you got to, well, they don't want to hear is you want to wrestle up to get the leg lock. So don't yes. actually wrestle up effectively. Yeah. And also sometimes it's just, you just can't leg lock sometimes. Sometimes if someone like lies flat on their front, you're just not going to leg lock them, are you? You're going to do something else. Yeah. Like, so building height is a good option. If someone's sat on their knees the whole time with their head low, rather than trying to get underneath them, just stand up and then force them to stand up for a second. Then you sit back down really fast and engage the legs. Yeah. So you've got to think a bit different strategies, basically. If they're, if they're like specifically aware of the leg locks, then Tactically, you'd be better off not, not going for leg locks. You'd be better off going for something else. Advance your game a little bit more, try and focus on other stuff, and then maybe the leg lock may occur later. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Don't just be glued on the leg locks. Like it's, uh, once people learn to defend them really well, you start to realize like, it's no better than any other submission. And in fact, like, it's almost more risk than it's worth sometimes if, you're, if they're equal at leg locking like, as you are. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, if you're better than someone at passing, risk but you're also people... really good at leg locking, you may as well just, just pass the guard. <laughs> And start smashing. And yeah, and just start else. smashing and then go to leg locks once they're exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a better strategy. What are you working on at the moment to crush people with? Uh, I'm secret? trying to just work normal, like half guard and mount pressure, just like being really consistent and doing that to everyone. Uh, mm. And then barambolas into, well, I'm always working barambolas to the back. Yeah. And that's it. That's my, that's my games at the moment. And also, I'm doing a lot of wrestling. Like, I'm doing way more wrestling than I used to. Yeah. I stopped wrestling for a bit because uh, basically it was pointless. You know, you're better off just pulling guard and getting points in IPGF. So I stopped doing any sort of standing for a while. But now 
people disengage, so you're better off just wrestling. And most people that are stallers as well, they don't even they don't even wrestle. They just it's just like counter wrestling. It's just sprawling on people. So yeah, yeah. It's not like they're even good at that. So you may as well learn to wrestle. Yeah. You just it's just hard to find a good wrestling coach in the UK, unfortunately. Are you enjoying wrestling? I'm enjoying wrestling. Yeah, I have a good wrestling coach. You had some su suplexing people this week. Yeah, not quite, but you know, like uh, I guess it's like a lift and a slam dunk counts as a suplex. It's you, not... got, you got some slams. Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying that. That's that's big lifts. Yeah, <laughs> big energy expenditure. Big, big lifts. Yeah, I enjoy that. <laughs> Single to body and lift them up and put them down. I think ADCC people they're gonna be some stud wrestlers there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll, there'll definitely be some big headbutts and blast doubles and that sort of shit. I would say like the best wrestling that I've seen in ADCC was Gary. Versus, yeah, versus Renato Canuto. Oh, yeah. And uh, I would say Renato was perfect, like really good at balancing and that sort of stuff. He wasn't making like tricky wrestling. He wasn't being that tricky. Gary was being tricky with like, you know, faking and chaining wrestling moves together. Yeah. Like yeah. high risk strategies. And it got him in some shit with JT Torres. I feel like that's why he lost his match against JT Torres. Uh, but yeah, like against Renato Canuto, that was like perfect example of good wrestling in Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. Where yeah, you're not really getting front headlocks, you're not risking your back too much, but you're still getting good good attacks in that. And it, it sets you up for other things as well. To say like if you're if you're good at wrestling up or if you're good at like base wrestling, you mm. start forcing mistakes, you start getting the post post their hands in certain positions. Making people tired. Just collar tying. Yeah. People get so tired like if you just collar tie someone for five or six minutes, they'll be fucked at the end. Like even if you get taken down, if you've just collar tied someone for like five, six minutes, they're gonna be fucking exhausted basically and you'll yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. So yeah, you've got like, collar ties are kind of boring. You see a lot of people like, when it's double collar ties, it's just pointless because you're both doing the same shit. Just, yeah, doing the same shit and neither one of you is getting tired. But if one of you is like collar tying and bullying the other person's head, slowly they'll start to get to a posture where you can just start doing like lots of different wrestling moves. Yeah, they'd start like mechanically breaking down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I feel yeah. like just the understanding of wrestling is pretty, pretty poor. So you need to get yourself like some seriously good like coaches. Compare John Danaher to just like your random average like purple brown wrestling. black belt coach yeah 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 like that's I, the kind of coach that you want to get yeah a good wrestling coach that has like a solid understanding of fundamental wrestling yeah yeah and, and just like how people react and the different sorts of people that you might come across so not everyone wrestles the same some people are some people are like a rock and then some people just <laughs> some people just floppy and some people super fast some people react a lot to everything you do yeah and yeah. some people are unreactive so you have to mm. you have to like base what you do based on what they're doing as well some people have tiny necks <laughs> don't, don't front headlock them and just yeah, go for the I don't know, front headlock to ankle pick or something or try and get around them if they've got short limbs and do the same with jiu-jitsu yeah 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 so that's my advice no have, shit. have you found like wrestling's up with like fucking pinning people uh yeah i guess not i don't know i feel like re recently i've been working on getting a good cross face that's that's helped for pinning people yeah like working on a cross face people always like that's just wrapping the head if you don't know what cross face is like people People, yeah, crossface wrapping the head from a top position. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just basically like a headlock uh, sort of position. But yeah, people often like get a crossface, but it's not actually a crossface in that the guy can just like move his chin around and he can still move his head even though your arms wrapped around them. And I was like, good guys who do a crossface. For example, Max, Max Pickerton. He's shout got a very Max. good. Yeah, shout out to Max. He's got a very good. Cross, <laughs> he's got a very good crossface. It's fucking brutal. You just, yeah, and that's what you got to do. It's just, it's not. There's no. Nothing personal, just again, it's just business. This is, a, this is a good question. So what what makes a good cross face? Because like, for me, sometimes I think I have a good cross face, but like yeah. not really, when I come against like high level guys, like, like 
you, me trying to cross face you is fucking shit because you just get out of it straight away. But yeah. you're, when, when you're coaching me, you're, you're talking about like shoulder into the fucking temple. Yeah, like, like, like yeah, exactly. It just needs to turn their head. Like I was watching a, well, I think, I can't remember. It must've been a Danaher YouTube video. They call it, they call it a cranial shift. Yeah, yeah, love the self-relationship. You need to get a cranial shift. <laughs> but yeah, so it gives you an idea, right? If they can move their head back, it's basically pointless. Like all you're doing, even if you have a super deep grip and it's like on their neck, yeah. you might be choking them, but you're not actually pinning them effectively. Yeah. Like your cross face has to actually force their head to turn one way and they physically can't like look to that side. And another thing is they can't like go over your shoulder and then look back right. to the side. So yeah, people feel like they have a cross face, but it doesn't actually feel like you have it in. It looks like it's on them. Yeah. You can put pressure, but they can also move their head. So that's not a good cross face. I'd say a good right. cross face is like, if someone's head is like turned to the side and then crushed also sideways, then they can't lift their head up anymore and turn out of the cross face. Yeah, what's, so the, what's the major advantage of having a, an excellent cross face on someone? Well, you can just stop them from re So if you're passing, let's say you're passing normal side yes. and they're trying to connect their right knee and elbow. Yeah. If you cross face them effectively, they won't be able to connect their right knee and elbow again and push your, your yeah. knee back past their knee. Right. So. It makes it, passing way easier. Yeah, basically against a good guy, you just, you have to cross face for a long time to be able to actually pass and like... Tie them. Yeah, like if, if someone's shelling up, there's not, like if you, you can go to north-south and try and pass that way. So either you go to north-south to solidify the side control, yeah. or you have a cross face. There's not really an in-between. Yes. Or you pass straight to mount, but there's not like, there's not an in-between that's gonna be solidly able to keep them there. Like if yeah. you go, for example, to side control and you're like both hands over, and they start to you know, bridge and shake, you're not gonna just, just stay there when they're getting their knees in. You're always gonna circle to north-south to try and keep away from their knees. Right, right. If you have a cross base really hard, like ridiculously hard, they're not gonna be able to turn their knees into you at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're just gonna, you're gonna cook them out a little bit there? Yeah, well, I'll just do it until, until, they're, until they're facing that way, and yeah. then you can advance them out. Basically, that's it. Just try and get them out these days and then pin the arms and walk the hands up and all that kind of shit. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. Get a smount, smother. Yeah. Punish. Yeah, basically just punish. I feel like I saw a video on YouTube as well recently saying like being, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's, he's making a lot of videos at the moment. And he was saying how, uh, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> anyway. Is he good? Anyway. Yeah, he's a good, yeah. He, he, um, you must have seen, like, it's a very, uh, I think it's a pretty popular, like, little study YouTube thing now. Right. We'll get the name next time. <laughs> sorry, sorry, buddy, whoever that sorry, is. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> anyway, this guy's, this guy is. Anyway, yeah, he was saying how, it's actually more like just as tiring to be on someone's back as it is to defend someone's back, but it's way less taxing to be in mount and crush them. Yeah. So if you want to just wear someone down, you're better off doing it from mount than from their back. It's hard to basically bridge down into them. Like there are some people that I'm, I'm sure will tire people out from the back, but for me, your forearms are getting tired from having to constantly keep their head and shoulders off the floor yeah. and your legs are tilting left and right to keep yeah. them off the floor. I would say like, more modern strategy that you see Isaac Mitchell doing is like not even trying to go face choke, but trying to like go back triangles and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Another one is Gordon still seems to be trapping people's arms from the back. Yes. Which I don't see other people doing that much. Like other people sort of abandon that strategy and just, just go face choke. But why do you think that is? I guess it's just getting hard to trap people's arms from the back, but maybe, I mean, obviously Gordon Gordon's, knows something we don't. He's strong as fuck as well. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's keeping the wrist grip better than other people sometimes when i get people's back i get so f i get fucking exhausted man i, I was i don't think my grip finding is as efficient as possible yeah, yeah. But i think from training with you you like to teach sequences from from the back like yeah do this like 
what are some sequences that you work with for getting people uh, like trapping the grips or whatever? So yeah, I'll, I'll just copy what Gordon does for trapping the arm, yeah, and then yeah. for face choking, I'll copy Ethan Credenstein because okay, like yeah, just just buy their DVDs then because uh, watch that. Yeah, it's watch easy to explain then. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a fucking free private, but yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Basically, just watch those DVDs. Watch Gordon. That's a good tip. Tra trapping people's arms and watch Ethan Crenson like face choking people because he's fucking good at that. And he's yeah, and he's not ma he's not massively hench either. He's just he's yeah, like long. Arms. He has long arms and shit. But ultimately, he's like face choking literally everyone. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's not even really trapping arms. So he's got the good sequences. Yeah, yeah. He's got and he, and he has very good understanding and like. Yeah, it just seems all very intuitive when he does it and then he puts it into, into the video. It all seems to be working very well. Nice. There's some details that I feel like you can't do without, basically, that, that were on the Ethan Crenson DVD. Really? Yeah. They're just key? Yeah, they're key, yeah. Key details. Yeah, yeah. we've done them in the sessions, but yeah. Shout out to Ethan Crenson. Yeah, thank you, Ethan. <laughs> Shout out, Ethan. He's not going to watch this. Is but, Maybe he will. He might watch this. He might watch yeah. it. Somehow, somehow I doubt that. All um, right, so let's talk about some strength training stuff. How's your strength training going? Are you happy with that? I'm enjoying it, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying crushing people. That's... You feeling strong? Yeah, yeah, feeling strong. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a fucking bully. I, I got some questions this week. Like, why, like, someone asked me, why would I not do five times five on calf raises versus, or like, shoulder, like lateral raises or shoulder, like shoulder isolation exercise versus like five times five on deadlifts? It's like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what happens is like cal calves, to, to, to do, if you were to do a five times five on any kind of like calf machine or any kind of like calf exercise, yeah. it's just like uh, the, the weight that you would need to lift for it to be effective would crush your fucking knees before you'd actually get to effective weight. Or like, say yeah. like if you're holding something, the, the, the bearing the weight on the core, knees, <coughs> everything would likely break down before you would actually stimulate your calves. So I guess what, what yeah. I'm trying to get at with this question, and how I answered it to the guy was like, rep ranges and stimulus to fatigue ratio. Like some exercises, you will be able to, like let's say a deadlift for example, you don't want to be doing, not necessarily like super high, high reps on a deadlift because yeah. you're going to get to a, a point of technical breakdown. Yeah. Like you, you could work on like, let's say like 20 reps on a deadlift, but you're not going to do that week in, week out because it's fucking draining. You're going you're gonna to reach technical breakdown. You could do it as a testing format, but like yeah. week to week to week, any, you want to hit big compound movements anywhere between like a five to, I would say 10 range. Keep it within that range because yeah. it's going to give you a good, it's, it's great stimulus. It's going to fatigue you, but it's, you should be able to like lift the weight that's not going to reach absolute technical breakdown. Yeah. Same for any weights. When we lift weights, we don't want to be reaching technical breakdown, especially on the bigger lifts. What about on a machine, do you reckon? Machines oh, are fine. This is, this is perfect. So like on a calf raise machine, you're not going to go five times five. Number one, because it's a fucking, it's an absolute waste of energy and you're not going to feel your calves in that five reps. But like yeah. in, a, in a machine, you're locked in, like let's say leg extension. Hmm. The purpose of leg extension is to, to, to hit the quads. Yeah. You should be aiming to do like, anywhere between like a 12 to 20, even 30 rep range, because we want to get a good pump. So it's like, what's, okay, yeah. you just need to think about your goal. Like what's the, what's the goal of like this specific movement to, get a, to, to, to build muscle? How do you build muscle? You need to stimulate, like you need to call stimulation. For something like a leg extension or like a, even like a leg press, those, those movements, because you're fixed in, uh, 
working in high rep ranges and getting a really good fucking pump is gonna be way more beneficial than fucking loading it up to the shit and potentially hurting yourself. Like okay, you see yeah. people with like 300, 400 kgs in the rep leg press and like, I'm gonna do five reps here. It's like, bro, like the fucking, the, 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 the risk reward. The basically. risk reward is so fucking high when you could just learn how to squat properly or like yeah. use a belt squat machine where okay, it's yeah. like way less risk reward. On leg press, like look for a pump. Yeah, okay. And that's like, uh, like another thing we talk about rep ranges. Like in your program, uh, your, is your accessory, like what's the specific goal of the program? So like how I would program for jiu-jitsu guys, it's like, okay, let's have a compound lift, like two, two or three compound lifts. The rep ranges are gonna be either strength or muscle hypertrophy. For strength, I'm gonna work within three to six rep ranges because that's optimal for strength. For accessory work, we're gonna work anywhere between eight to like up to 20 rep ranges. The accessory work, we wanna get a good pump um, be able to stimulate muscle growth so you can be like at, at the session you finish like man I'm feeling fucking pumped up yeah. that's great for muscle growth because you've, you've created like little micro tears uh, in your muscles yeah. you're going to replace that replenish that with a protein you're going to get a good night's sleep that's going to reach adaptation when you recover that's going to stimulate growth Tw eight, 8 to 20 rep ranges uh, for the accessory work is fucking gains, yeah. I would say. And that's, the accessory work should be helping the fucking, the compound lifts move up. You're not just choosing but, random exercises. So if you're doing eight to 20 for strength, you basically could just lower the rep and do more more strength. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. learn, how to do lift, learn how to do the lift really fucking well and just work within a three to six rep range. So would you say that's just muscle endurance? If you're doing like eight to 20 reps, that's more muscle endurance than actual building strength. Yeah, you st it's still gonna get you fucking strong, yeah, but yeah. not as strong as possible. Like to, to, work, get, to get yeah. as fucking strong as possible. Like, and then it's like, oh, should I do one rep? It's like, well, no, not really. Like you can test at one rep, but doing one reps all the time, that's not get the best for stimulating strength. Cause there's not enough volume, the volume isn't there. Volume yeah, okay, meaning yeah. the rep ranges and that, you wanna, you wanna be able to repeat that. And I guess risk reward again, if you're doing like your very hardest lift every single time. Yeah, especially for a jiu-jitsu athlete. Like yeah. the goal of fucking lifting weights for a jiu-jitsu guy is like to get you better at jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Do you need to be doing one reps in the gym? No. Is it gonna yeah. help you? No. Yeah, probably not. Work within like a strength range. Like, can you repeat this exercise safely for five reps? Is it gonna be tough? Yes, it should be fucking hard, but you should be able to do it safely and technically. Yeah, nice. It's like deadlifts, right, squats, bench. Yeah, I mean, calf raises seem pretty useless. Uh, calf raises are good, but I guess like the, 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 trying to get some like validity out of that question is like five times five on like a certain, like a calf raise exercise or a fucking like lateral raise. It's like yeah. risk reward you, for, you're going to have to lift so fucking heavy to yeah. get enough stimulus. You're going to hurt your knees or you're going to yeah, have okay, like, okay. you're going to hurt something before you actually get any stimulus in that area. Yeah. So that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> and when we choose exercises, we want to be able to get a, an, enough stimulus that it's not gonna absolutely destroy you, your fatigue. Yeah. So like fatigue is like, like mechanical breakdown, it's gonna fucking exhaust you. Like you want the sweet spot between the two. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. All right then, I'm happy to not do those. We actually had a good uh, an exercise, S&C exercises and how you choose them. Like f for guys doing like two to three times a week, you just have like, you just create a template. Like you could go squat, hinge, squat. I just, I'd always just deadlift like once a week. Any more than once a week is like too taxing, especially yeah. for lower backs, man. And then you'd go like a push and a pull, uh, like push pulls, change them up, add some core exercises in. So you'd go like squat, hinge, squat, three primary, three primary push and pull lifts, 
Yeah. So I usually I'll use a superset between those push and pulls. So I go push pull, push pull, push pull, supersets. Then you get like single leg core, single leg core, single leg core, or single nice. leg. But just keep it fucking simple, man. Yeah. Don't yeah, be yeah. changing exercises all the time. Yeah. Those like weird. Yeah, How many yeah. Apple exercises? <laughs> How heavy is an apple? Lifting sledgehammers. How heavy is one apple? Does anyone actually know? Who knows, man? I'm going to put it about... 300 grams. All right, yeah. I was going to say 200 grams. I guess it depends on the apple. Yeah, exactly. Is it juicy? Is it old? Is it a cooking apple? Brambury apples. <laughs> so how heavy is 100 apples? The apple analogy refers... Yeah, where's the apple analogy from? So the apple right. analogy is... <laughs> A lot of the time I see odd looking exercises on Instagram and uh, for example, lifting a heavy rock that no one's ever heard of and it doesn't have a listed weight on it, but then they lift it for an unknown number of reps on Instagram and I'm supposed to be impressed <laughs> and maybe at first sometimes I even am and then I think, but how heavy actually is that? Yeah. And there's no way of confirming, there's literally no way of confirming. <laughs> So how is that, is, if you lifted a basket with a hundred apples and you did like a, one of those tire throws or something like, how heavy is a tire? <laughs> well, who even knows? It's just, was that just, exercise helpful for you? Just exactly. Just be a man and just list, <laughs> list what you lifted <laughs> and how many reps. Wow. Right. And then we can, we can compare, right. We can not just, not just like I lifted this table or like. You don't see like construction workers being like, whoa, we like. I'm lifting all this rubble yeah. downstairs. We did like this whole bath and I lifted it up the <laughs> stairs and there were like 17 steps. That, even that would be more accurate. At least they give a number. You know what we're going to do next time you come in? We're going to take the fridge from out here, move <laughs> it up and down five times. Proper compound. Yeah, lift. moving awkward objects. <laughs> moving things up and down stairs, like across the road and maybe up a little hill, but we don't know how slow. How slanted the hill is. That's where you get best gains from. Moving so random stupid. inanimate objects. You can call yourself strong, but who knows? <laughs> who even knows? <laughs> That's what we have the weights with the plates on. To create measurable results. You never knew how heavy the weights were. You're like, oh, let's just try this one today. Yeah. Is that heavy? <laughs> yeah, bro, this is... <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, if you're going to lift 100 apples, list how heavy each lift apple how is. Yeah, and, yeah. and list how many times you lifted it. Repeatable workouts. Essentially, that's the what we want. Yeah. We want measurable, yeah. repeatable workouts. Yeah. That is how you go. That's our analogy. Amazing. <laughs> so anyway, this leads perfectly onto our next question about Pressure and nerves. <laughs> <laughs> Comp day, pressure nerves. Hmm. Yeah. Here's I some. Mean, yeah. You want to go first? I'll go first. No, you go, you go. Well, I usually think, and look, I didn't win a lot of competition. I, I actually, all the competitions went pretty well, yeah. I went pretty well. Uh, I usually, in my head, before, before comp day, I usually just think like I've already won. I know I'm going to get a podium in my head. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm going to get a fucking podium. That's today. pretty good. And yeah. I just know that, like, this is gonna fucking happen. But I only have that because I've been training so fucking hard prior to that. Yeah, the, guess, the yeah. hard work and the punishment that you should, you've endured yeah, yeah. should be done all the way prior to that yeah. competition so you know I'm ready. Because there'd be nothing, what, there's nothing, and I've entered competitions where I'm like, fuck, I'm not ready for this competition. Yeah. Like, I have not trained efficiently. And maybe, like, I'll do okay, but it's like, I feel shit. I'm, I'm nervous as fuck. I don't feel very good versus yeah. times where I'm like, I've prepared fucking well for this competition. I've trained hard. I've done all the work and yeah. now I'm here to just see what I can do. Yeah. I think the nerves are probably mostly from, from guilt. Like, uh, also for me, 
don't yeah most of the time people look like it's, it starts at white belt when you go to the competition you fucking smell all the test and you and you see all, <laughs> you see all the like jacked fucking white belts with tattoos or like just yeah. huge looking guys with like I don't know, weird piercings and shit. And then you think like, oh, he must be sick. But then yeah. like, the longer you spend doing it, you realize like these people are the worst. And it's- it Yeah, just get out be, there and fucking crack on. Yeah, it tends to be the little snarky looking guy that's really fucking good that you should be afraid of, right? That's yeah. that most of the time, that's the guy who you want to actually worry about. But hey, you basically just don't want to worry about people. You just want to like, like it's done. Like once you turn up to the competition, there's no change in the result. Like you can also, you can expect to be on your worst performance every time you go to a competition. Okay. Like you should expect to have a, like, oh, I feel like shit today. And you should expect to still do all right, even though you feel like shit. So because of the nerve dump, or maybe yeah. you didn't sleep as well before. Like just it's whatever reason, just yeah. purely, yeah, purely because of the nerves, just because it's competition day, just because you don't have any belief in yourself. You, you, you'd be like, oh, this is, a, this is a terrible day for competition. I wish it was a good day. But like when you're training in the gym, yeah, yeah. like most of the days are probably going to be pretty good. Oh, pretty average, right? Just like, most of the days are going to be average. Actually, so. that's true. Like sometimes you walk in the training, and, man, I'm far, I'm yeah, so yeah. exhausted. And like, you can still really smoke everyone, if, yeah, even yeah, if you're yeah. feeling like shit. So I guess it's just like a, some self belief. Yeah, well, it's just more like you know bargaining with yourself. Like okay, like even though I feel shit, I still I still smoke people when I'm feeling shit. So I guess it's just it's just all in your mind. And once you start, it's like a like a video game. You know, you play a game of chess. Just because you just because you feel like shit doesn't mean you're gonna necessarily be worse halfway through the game of chess. Yeah, that's true. And also if you just concentrate on your own, like they always say, oh, just concentrate on yourself, but easy to say when there's some freak opposite you. But but yeah, like if you're actually scared for your bones, then you just need to tap quicker. Yeah. If, if it's like, if it's a question of your own performance, then it's nothing to do with the other person. You just wanna like, you know, as, as long as you feel like you're doing things correctly, yeah. then it's good. Another thing I see is people like panicking, like they start the competition and it's just like, da 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 like bah, bah, I'm, I'm gonna fast, yeah. Yeah, go like crazy and then they gas out. I used to do that as well, to be fair. But now I realize like when you start a round in the gym, like if you actually want to win the round and not get subbed first, that's like the last thing you want to do is go crazy. You, you like, you just want to like, okay, let's see what he's doing and then, and then react Feel accordingly. Out. Yeah, rather than, yeah, feeling out, exactly. I think uh, Ross is pretty good at that, to be fair. Yeah. Ross, uh, Ross feels people out well, and I've started copying that. And Gordon, Gordon does that. They don't start 100 miles an hour, they just, they just start, and then they warm up throughout the match, and it's yeah. much more like controlled and enjoyable. Do you warm up much before you compete? Uh, yeah, I'll do, yeah, yeah, because otherwise yeah. I feel like I get injured. I'll do like a, oh, okay. like a, just, just a heart rate and uh, like cars and that sort of stuff. What do you do? Uh, so literally just like, I'll do like full body cars, so just twisting everything in the wrist. I'll do something to get my heart rate like really high and then get it back down. Okay. And then, uh, and yeah, from there, sometimes I'll do rolling as well if I feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling very, or I'm feeling a bit sluggish, not feeling too keen, or if, yeah. if I see they're all fucking sweaty, then I'm gonna get sweaty too. Uh, and yeah, that's it basically. I try not to warm up too much. I feel like if you're already, already exhausted as well, like you can probably be exhausted and do 10 more minutes, but I'd rather be pretty fresh and like, let's say probably your best round in the gym will be round two or three. Those would be the rounds where you feel like yeah, you're, you're still concentrating like very, that's another thing, like concentration is pretty hard. If you, if you do open mats or whatever, for the first couple of rounds, you'd be like pretty concentrated. It depends when you had a coffee as well, to be fair, but yeah. you'd be pretty concentrated. And then as time goes on, like there'll suddenly be a switch like, damn, I'm not really focusing so well. Yeah, yeah. And then if you stop focusing and you get super exhausted, that's when you start to get injured. So you, you want to be in that like perfect zone where you're, 
where you're warm, but you're not mentally tired. Yes. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice be Every time, yeah. that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> Unlikely. Right. It's also like strength, strength work as well. Like often, like, I mean, your first sets will be really good today, but like often the first set on some exercises feels really bad. And then it's like, yeah. oh, by set three and four, I actually start feeling yeah. way better. I'm into the groove now because it yeah. takes time for the muscles and the coordination of muscles yeah. to fire up. The second set is always the best for me. Yeah. I, I feel like the second set tends to always... After, prior during all the warm-up sets, after the first set, working set. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. The, after the first working set, the second working set is always, always tends to be like the best and then the third set will just be like, either it will be... Really hard. Either the whole thing would have felt too easy or it'll be really fucking hard and, and it will be borderline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly how it's supposed to be, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, yeah. You should be, it should be like you've done a proper warm-up. The idea of the warm-up is just to get everything active yeah. uh, and, and feeling warm and like the athletic coordination there, feeling good, feeling the groove of the mm. exercise. And by sets three and four, often people are like, oh, I'm really fucking feeling the groove of this exercise now. Yeah. And then they'll start feeling better. Or yeah. Yeah, but it's still gonna be fucking hard. Yeah, it just be yeah. For example, like failing, failing the reps set three and four, whereas set two sometimes it feels pretty easy. But then set three, yes. you're like, okay, that was that's it. I'm just now I'm too fried. I have I have done too much. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, we, what we got? Percent, yeah, you got percentage of ADCC competitors on gear. I don't know what that. <laughs> basically, all of them. You think so? Nah, all like, yeah, yeah, basically, like, uh, yeah, pretty much all of them, except for, like, Lachlan Charles. On the GS. Yeah, they're on some sort of juice. I'm on creatine, though, so I can't really complain that much, and I'm naturally fucking juicy, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm a berry, but yeah, they're like... How about Gordon like, Ryan bicep curling 35 kgs each arm this week? He's not juicy. He's not juicy. <laughs> Nah, he doesn't deny it though, which is nice of him. I I, I like that. He That's actually, what we want to see, man. He, he more than doesn't deny it. He de, he doesn't deny it in such a way that calls other people out that do deny it. So I don't even mind that. Like at least it's at least it's clear. And also, it's, it's, yeah. it's not cheating really, because because it's not in the rules. Yeah. Like there's nothing in the rules about about juicing. Like you you are, I want to say almost encouraged, but you are literally encouraged to juice for ADCC. Really? Yeah, literally. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say why, but one why is literally encouraged to juice for ADCC uh. by certain organizers. <laughs> <laughs> so I can hardly blame them. They're probably pissed at me. Look at this guy. He doesn't He's really want it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really want it. That's what they used to have in Pride. Do you, do you ever watch Pride? Oh yeah, I watched the disgusting highlights and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had people head stomping and stomping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the rules, it's, there was like a, a section where it said, we do not care if you use steroids. That was in one of the, that was yeah, in the Yeah, because that's safer for them, isn't it? Yeah. But it's actually safer for them. If you've got like- Everyone's you, on the juice. If you're getting head stomped, well, I guess it's, if, if, if other people are on the juice and you're not, it's much that's a disaster, more likely man. you're gonna die. That's a disaster. Yeah. That's the Vito Belfort, man, when he was tearing through yeah, the yeah. TRT Belfort. Wow, what a He's got a beast. whole new first name. He's got a whole new first name. So yeah, fair enough though. If you're getting hit, you want to be like, like foaming at the mouth if you're going to do this <laughs> competition. You don't just want to be some like happy-go-lucky guy. That's not going to fly in there. MMA, no way. In pride. It's literally called pride. Like Vandalay Silva, the axe murderer. Exactly, yeah. What a yeah, Vandalay Silva, look at him. 
He's God, such a yeah. savage man. Like a deep sea fish, just fucking <laughs> angry, big teeth. Fucking <laughs> the mouth. Uh, so yeah, like percentage. Okay, realistic percentage. I'm gonna say like I don't think they're all on juice. I think because like maybe maybe some of the lighter weights just don't feel like they need it, or maybe some like big guys are just so healthy and they have so much like natural strength and all this shit that like yeah. Like, for example, like Nicky Rod. I don't even know if he's. I don't like people think he's like dead certainly on juice, but I don't know like. To be a freak athlete. I don't man. know. I feel like he's just big and like and freak athlete. Yeah, but then he, you know, anyone could be on EPO. Yeah. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Anyone could just have like really good cardio from being on EPO. Sure. Like the meows, for example, you wouldn't think that they're on juice, but they are. Really? Well, yeah, they were all on juice. They they were caught of EPO, weren't they? Were they? Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Like EPO and some other shit as well, and like Damn, man. all this, all this stuff, and like I imagine a lot of them passed, like even testosterone. Like, if your doctor prescribes it to you, is it even juice? <laughs> like legit when you get to like 40 yeah is that even juice well, it, dep it depends like if they drug test you or not you've got to make a certain clearance for a certain rate of testosterone yes you have to be in the range you have to right? be within okay. the range it's just because even a doctor or like yeah. that was the thing with Vitor Belfort like he had he, <laughs> he, 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 had, he was like yeah it's, it's medical like, it's, it's medical TRT but then he was like 5,000 times the dosages <laughs> of a normal man. Range, yeah. 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 So he's yeah. like, no, it's medical. But it's like, well. Yeah, like when I was doing the trials, that last guy I fought, he smelled like metallic. <laughs> like, like you, open a, you open a can of Coke and you get that initial like, yeah. that's the smell that I got off him. Yeah. Man, he was. You probably <laughs> test positive. Fizzing. <laughs> It was like a shaken up can yeah, of Diet yeah. Coke. Batman tattoos. What a oh, man. Wow. All right, we got, we got a couple more. What did we... Okay, let's, this, is a, this is a good one to, to close on. So anyone who follows Owen on Instagram oh, knows that Owen has a... Uh, he, he likes documenting some crackheads and some strange characters around London. I feel like he draw strange characters yeah, around I've, you. I've, I've got that a lot, but I think, uh, I think I just spend a lot of time on the... Underground. On the underground. Yeah. The fucking underground. I spend a lot of time on the underground and there's a lot of... Uh, I don't even know if they're on crack, but uh, but if I was to take a guess, <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. I mean, I see their eyes light up when they get when they see a £10 note and uh, yeah, I know that's just enough for a rock of crack. A nice £10 <laughs> note. So, me versus crackers. There was another question about uh, like 10... I guess regular people versus a hundred crackheads, and I, I think he's got it all wrong. I think it'd be like a hundred regular people versus ten crackheads would be a more like even, Whoa. even battle. You're giving the crackheads yeah. more of it, but you know, in World War Two, the the Nazis they were giving crack meth to, to their own guys. Did you not know this? No, they were giving meth. So, so they they'd give them like this little packet, and it was meth inside, and they'd be taking meth because it's going to fucking increase their aggression. They'd stay up for days. This is real. You watch World War Two, right. World War Two in color. They would give them the, the the soldiers on the front line copious amounts of math, Jesus and they Christ. would just go out there and be super aggressive and crush for days, man. Fucking hell! So I think you're you're you're. Maybe I should do that for eighty. <laughs> All these motherfuckers are just. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what, man? We need to reevaluate your strategy and start getting your math. Just a little bit of math before each match. <laughs> Don't overdo it. <laughs> just, just enough math. Just a bit of math. Wow. And yeah, me versus a crackhead. So yeah, probably, probably like run. Stay away. So from on that. my side, I have more technical ability, and I would say, maybe cardio. Maybe not though. 
uh, it depends how long they haven't had a rock. And then on their side, they have the willpower. They can also just have nat like power from, from the crack. Like they can do backflips and stuff and I can't do a backflip. And uh, I'd say avoid. Rather. I would definitely rather not. Yeah, because they have nothing to lose as well. Yeah, just avoid the situation. But if you had to, like, what would be my strategy? It would probably be, I'll probably avoid grappling them as long as possible. <laughs> like, probably like teeps. Oh, one time I was in Victoria. Uh, I was I just finished teaching a teaching a private in Victoria, and I was walking back, and there was some guy with his arms like like this, like like he was used to being in a straight jacket basically. <laughs> and, he, and he was following me, and he like walked in front of me and stopped. And I was looking at him, and I kind of like walked around him. I was on the phone to my dad, and I was like. And then I walked on, I just circled around him and then he went in front of me again and stopped and he was like smiling at me. He had a, he had a cigarette in one hand and he was going like that, like occasion, occasionally burning the cigarette. Wow. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like to my dad, hold on, there's a fucking crackhead, crackhead here. <laughs> I might need to fight him. <laughs> and I put the phone down and I was like, what are you doing? Please stop following me. Like, like I'm, I'm just going to have to punch you. Like, just you said that to him. I said, I'm just, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a nice guy. I don't, don't want to punch him. I don't even punch. So I can probably hurt my hand, but... But I was like, oh, like I'm not gonna fucking grapple him, no you know, in case in case he injects me or something. Like, stay the fuck away. So I was like, I'm just I'm just gonna have to punch you, and he didn't say a fucking word the whole time. And then eventually he started going like this, and I was like, well, oh, what do you mean? Okay. And I was like, is it my ears? And he was like, and I was like, okay, cool. And then just like walked off. But yeah, I thought I would, I thought that was it. I'd have to like kick a cracker in the balls or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't have grappled him basically. No that's, way. That's the question. Bite or something, don't man. grapple them. Yeah, just if you can just <laughs> if you can just teep them. Long front range, kick to the face and ideally not with fresh shoes like you know old you shoes yeah old shoes yeah maybe yeah. maybe some Timberlands you get more steel capped yeah more <laughs> steel capped <laughs> <laughs> teach right. him a lesson alright yeah. well I think that's been that's been long enough that's been 40 yeah. minutes or so that concludes today's episode great to have you on I hope of you guys learned some stuff today of the Crack Hogan podcast of the uh, Crack the Charles Hogan podcast <laughs> the Charles Hogan experience shall we meet again yeah, yeah, until next week. Great job.